Good morning. Um, so I knew I would be this nervous, and I brought a rug from home to like make me feel more at home. It's really weird, but it's actually working. Um, I'm really excited to speak about prayer today. I'm really scared, um, but it's also nice to see faces that I recognize. And so let's just let's dive in today. So we're talking about prayer. And I'm going to tell stories because it kind of helps me break the ice to just, like, be vulnerable and go for it. Um, We're going to look at things that keep us from praying, and then we're also going to see what Jesus says about praying. Uh, In our daily lives, we turn prayer into things that make more sense to us. We try to simplify them, and sometimes that ends up complicating them in ways... um, that we don't foresee. So a few of those things, and I feel like you guys will be able to relate to me, a few of those things are things like checklists. So either we have this long list of things to do in the day, and prayer is one of 50, 100, um, or we have a long list of things that matter so much to us that we want to pray about, and so we're like, i got to get through these things, pray about all these things. Sometimes we look at it like bus tokens. We get onto the bus, we put our quarter in, and we know that that prayer is just going to get us to the next place. Sometimes we treat prayer as if God's our cashier. We're choosing things from a store, and we're going up, and we're saying, like, these are the things I want. (laughs) I've already picked them. Um, I'm using this prayer as a currency for this exchange. Um, And sometimes we use it as a genie. We know what we want. We ask God to grant it, and then we'll come back to him when we have something else for him to grant. And I, I feel like I went through so many years where I'm thinking about prayer in all of these ways. And then two things in my life happened that completely changed the way that I saw prayer. And so I'm going to tell those stories. These are things in the last four years. Um, and during these times, some really deep truths were rooted in my heart, and I forget them all the time. <laughs> And so I'm reminding myself while I'm talking to y'all today. So one was, if you know me or you've spoken to me, you probably know that my first year of marriage was not the best. Uh, <laughs> it was actually pretty rough. And during that first year, I, I suffered from just really bad depression um, for almost a full year. It was really intense. I had frequent um, panic attacks and... I would wake up in the middle of the night hyperventilating, screaming out to someone, needing someone's help, and I'll tell you right now, it is not pillow talk. (laughs) Uh, It's not exactly what you want your spouse to see when you're still trying to get to know them as your husband, but Brian saw it, and as much as it probably freaked him out, he stepped up in a way that has changed my life, so... So you can picture it with me. I'm in bed. I wake up. I'm saying things like, I can't tell the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice. And Brian would hold me a little freaked out, but like it was all of a sudden, it was like we were brother and sister, and we both had had a nightmare, and Brian just knew that what we needed as brother and sister was to call our dad from down the hall. And he would, and he would call upon the Lord in a way that was so personal, so intimate, so confident that it just moved me. 
Um, and he would beg with God something so specific and, and just really beautiful to me. He would ask God to put me to sleep because there was nothing that was going to be solved at 3 a.m. like this. There was nothing, nothing except for rest. And the only time in that season that I remember feeling truly at peace and truly rested was when Brian would call on the Lord to just put me to sleep. And it was the only way I could fall asleep. And so through that season, I, I tucked that in my heart because it was the first time I had been the recipient of powerful prayer. And that's you. The second story is that in Bible study about um, a little while after this season of depression had ended, um, we were reading through Matthew and there was a verse that just like stuck to my heart, and it was this. Um, it's Matthew uh, 6, 5. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We had a great conversation that night in Bible study about the freedom that Jesus was offering us in that verse, and... It was great. It was true, and it was beautiful, but that verse haunted me for weeks, and I didn't know why, and it just like kept like repeating itself in my head, and I'm like, secret, done in secret. Like, what's the point of that? It's in secret. Nobody's there to witness it, and I just kept feeling pulled into our guest room, which happened to have this rug in it. So I, I'm going back to this verse. I'm getting like, I feel like I'm supposed to go into this room, I was really busy. I was really tired. I was constantly just not feeling like I could get enough, enough of my friends, enough of my marriage, enough rest. And I just looked at the verse one day, and I was like, I just have to take this literally. I have to because I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. And so I went back to the verse, and I was like, what does it say? It says, go into a room, close the door, and pray to your father. And he says, when you pray. So then that was also a clue, like, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> I need to do that. And it's the cheesiest thing, but this season was called My Secret Life. And it, like to me, driving home from work, I would be driving to My Secret Life, and I, I was committed to prioritizing prayer over everything. There was no like snack after work. There was no TV. There was no saying hi to Brian. I would just go into the room, and I'd close the door, and I would get on my face on this rug, and... I would hear my own voice, which is familiar to me, sound so unfamiliar because I was talking to someone that I didn't know I could talk to in that way. And humbling is like the nice word to say about how it felt, but honestly, it was embarrassing. It felt like, if you can really see me, God, right now in the dark, <laughs> if you're the only one that can see me, then you know everything that's happening in my heart. And sometimes it was moving, and sometimes it was convicting, and sometimes it was boring, and nothing happened. But the important thing was that I was there, and I was telling God that I'm going to be here at the same time tomorrow. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to talk to you again, even if nothing happens. And so one day, I got super excited. I was in this time, I was like, God is telling me something so specific, and I just, I, I had never felt something like this. He wants me to reach someone who he misses, and I'm like, I'm ready to find out who this person is. And so Brian walks through the door, and I was like, Brian, you, 
you have to come pray with me. And which she was like, oh my gosh, this is okay. He was reluctant and then he was excited. And then he was like, tell me what God wants you to tell this person. And I was like, he wants them to know that his arms are open to them, that he misses them, that he knows that they have been hurting and that they are feeling disappointed, but he's still here and he's waiting for them. And Brian's face went from like excited to hear about it to like immediate just um, awe. And he fell to his knees and he said, it's me. God wants you to tell me that. And as he's like crying on his knees, I just, I couldn't stop thinking, what if I hadn't prayed today? Like, what if I hadn't heard that? What if I hadn't shared it with him? And then it led me to a really practical place of identifying what holds me back from praying on a daily basis. And so I'm going to share some of the things that hold me back. Um, I feel like there's a lot of bad things happening in the world, and so it feels overwhelming to get on my face. Um, I feel like I'm praying for myself too much. I feel like I'm praying for others too much, and so it's not personal. It's been too long. I already prayed today. I can't think of anything to say. It's embarrassing. I don't really need prayer because when I don't pray, I still get up the next morning and life kind of functions anyway. Um, what if I feel like I'm talking to myself? What if healing's metaphorical? What if I don't have time? I think any reason that we can come up with can fall under three categories. Um, the first is fear. The second is unbelief. And the third is a lack of intimacy. And so fear, really, I mean, I think we know we're called to a life of obedience. We know that <laughs> we're meant to have this transformative, like, personal life with Jesus. But what if we do it. <laughs> what if he asks us to do something that we really don't want to do? And that's scary. Or what if he doesn't answer our prayers? That's also scary. And for me, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm protecting my own heart from being disappointed by God. The second is unbelief. And I really, I think that if I truly believed that my heart was meant to be refined through prayer, through healing... And that it's what's best for me and everyone around me. I think if I really believed that God was who he said he was, um, I wouldn't question if I had time for it or not. And I wouldn't want to find significance in my suffering. And then the third, the lack of intimacy is, you know, we're constantly comparing ourselves either to others or to who we used to be or to who we could be. And... It feels like there's so much work to even get to ground zero of intimacy. But really, a lack of intimacy breeds laziness. We're lazy with people that we just, like, just don't get <laughs> and that we, like, just don't like and that we really just don't want to spend time with. And I think the opposite of that, what breeds intimacy, is consistency. And so instead of being on this lack of intimacy laziness, lack of intimacy, laziness, because you're not doing it. Maybe consistency is where we can start. Um, so now that we've identified the hurdles, let's fear, uh, unbelief, and a lack of intimacy. Let's talk about what's waiting for us on the other side. Um, I'm going to read Matthew 6, 5 through 13, which I've, I've read a little bit of it, but I'm just going to read the whole thing. 
and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, you have re- they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. To be honest, I looked for other verses. (laughs) Um... Because I kept reading this over, and I was just like, this isn't going to captivate anyone. Like, the Lord's Prayer really felt kind of boring. It felt like the opposite of intimacy, because it's something that we're constantly saying. We say it every Sunday. We say it together. And the last time I went back to this, just something just really cool happened. And just, like, think about it with me. Jesus is saying, pray and you can have an intimate relationship with God. So to have an intimate relationship with God, this is what you have to do. First of all, he says, our Father, which is the part of the prayer that I normally don't say because I don't want to be the first one to say our Father when I just start with hallowed be thy name, which is really funny. But he says, to have an intimate relationship with me, call me dad. Regardless of what your earthly father's relationship is with you, that is so powerful. To have an intimate relationship with me, call me dad. You are holy, hallowed be thy name. Merge the world and the kingdom of heaven. Everything is from you. I have enemies, God. You can think of who those people are in your life. I'm loving the world more than you in this way. Only you can keep Satan away. And I'm asking you not to let me fall in the temptation because I'm being tempted by Satan and only you can keep him away from me. If that's not an intimate prayer, I don't know what is an intimate prayer. Through this practice, it's laid out plainly in nine verses. We can change the course of our lives It's an invitation into the most intimate and important relationship we can ever have. It's an intimate invitation to face all the fears, all the unbelief, and to really know that the lack of intimacy, it's a perception we have because God's not like, I'm lacking intimacy with you. He made you. We can choose him over the distractions. Nothing can separate us from his love. These are all true statements. And also, if you're a follower of Jesus, you believe that a teenager was impregnated by God. She gave birth in a stable of sorts to the Savior of the world. He then went on to perform miracles And fulfill prophecies that have been told for all of history. 
Then he was betrayed by his friends who watched him die of thirst and bleeding. And then he just strolled up with holes in his body and was like, told you I'd be here for dinner. (laughs) And then he took his seat next to God and he hears the prayers that you tell in the room by yourself. Believing that prayer is going to change the course of your life and the life of people around you is not the craziest thing you believe. It's just not. We can prioritize God over happy hours and laundry and naps and work and money, and we can make him more important than our spouse or our best friend or our parents. We can let our actions be informed through prayer and not keep acting and stepping forward and just hoping that it aligns with what God wants for us. Because that's what happens when you pray. You're not changing God's mind about you. You're asking him to change your heart to look more like his. Prayer is a posture of faith. It's believing that the Lord will always know the people around you better than you know yourself. It's dangerous. It's rebellious. It's risky. It's opening yourself up to interruption in your life. Inconvenience, rawness, and truth. And you know what the first thing I thought of when Austin asked me to speak today? I thought, I wish he would have asked me when I was doing this well. Because the truth is that today, standing in front of you, I struggle. I struggle to find the time, and I struggle to find the motivation. Here's what's awesome about God's timing is that in preparing to share with you today, I, I remembered the stories that I shared. And I was forced to go back and look at my own handwriting. I, I took out the journal that I, I used to put on this rug and I read these things. Aisha, prayer will change the course of your life. Aisha, don't miss out on what God has for you. Aisha, Don't open your mouth with an opinion unless you've prayed about it. Aisha, call me dad. And it also reminds me, and I feel like this is important for a lot of us in this room, that season where I was doing this well, it's not meant to shame me. It's meant to be an encouragement to me. I can look back on that and not feel like I'm less than, but that I can be. I can be that because I have been. We pray because we only get this one chance to be extraordinary, and we can't do it alone. We need this to drive us because God's way is better. Jesus himself said to pray, and we didn't even get into what his prayer life looked like, which you know, could be a whole other talk. Um, we pray because every person in this room has a purpose to live out, has people to reach, has a story to watch unfold, has a sin pattern to overcome, and a dream to be realized. And these things all need to be discovered, and no one can do that for you except for God. He's ready, and he's waiting. He's not counting the hours or the days or the years it's been since the last time you were speaking sincere words to him. When you feel far from him, just remember that he has asked you to call him dad. We pray because it is possible to miss out. Things happening in God's timing, it's used as an excuse 
to not act when really it's an invitation to join his timing and to stop claiming worship over our time because there is a father of time who made time and who made us. And if you don't know where to start, start at Matthew 6, 5. (laughs) Don't put so much pressure on it. Don't feel like you need to impress anyone because truthfully the person that you feel like you need to impress the person that you're stumbling over your words in front of the person that you just like don't know how to approach who you feel like you have to fill the silence with is like the stranger on an elevator it's not the person that tells you to call him dad and and really i would stop being friends with someone who treated me the way that i treat the lord And you know what the best thing about this is that we get to start little revolts against sin and against Satan and against all the things that the world tells us are important. We can rebel against idols and money and pride and lying and busyness and materialism and laziness and selfishness. And we can do that alone in a room, knowing that God hears us and that he wants to answer us. And if you walk away from this with anything today, I want you to walk away with the truth that the secret to prayer, and there is a secret to prayer, is actually praying. So let's pray. God, I thank you for the people in this room. I know that you have chosen them specifically to be the ones to share this space with me and um, sometimes it feels like there's so many hurdles and so much space between you and me and I just pray that you would allow that space to not seem so far that you would speak to us alone in a room that we would have the courage to close that door behind us and actually meet you where you say that you are And God, I pray for radical things to happen in that room. I pray for us to believe that to change the world, we can change small things about our hearts. And that that's enough, and that you're enough. God, we love you, even if it doesn't look like it. And God, we know that you hear our prayers, that you're there for us, and that you're here with us. In your name we pray. Amen.